uh, tonight I want to, you know, I've been thinking about what on Wednesday nights would, would not just from natural sense complement what we're talking about on Sundays. We've been talking about, uh, we're, we've been believing for a spiritual awakening. Uh, a lot of times we pray for a revival. If, you, if you've been churched, pray for revival, which means we're trying to revive something that's dead, right? So sometimes we believe that our, our spiritual lives can become dead. We're just dormant, and so we ask for a revival. But what I believe is really we've got such a mixture in our church of, I'm not sure some people, what we think is revival, when we hear that word, we have a particular type of service we're in or something happened, and we think of that, right? And that's not necessarily bad. But God doesn't always have to fit in that box of what you've experienced before. And so when I say revival, I'm afraid those of us that have been down that road before will get stuck and think we're praying for a certain experience we've had before. But I believe a spiritual awakening is just saying, listen, I know there are spirit-filled believers in here. I know there are believers who have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with heaven speaking tongues. I know there are people who may be even, I don't even know in here, there might be somebody who's been playing Christian and saying it, but they're not living it. They're not really having a relationship with the Lord where they talk to him every day and they... And they pray. I mean, I was there. So I know you can't discount that there could be someone. I put on a good game face at times as a pastor's kid. And I know I had everybody fooled. But I knew really inside I didn't have any desire at, at some point in my life to, to pray and talk to God. And, and really because it was all confusing and difficult in some ways. And I didn't want to admit that because I'm pastor's son. I should know, right? And, and, and kids, maybe you're here. And, and listen, there's sometimes I can look in your eyes, even my own kids, and even though you may never admit it, I know that that's some of the stuff you struggle with. I sat in the pew. I sat next to the other teenagers. I also know what some of the teenagers and I in the youth group did when the youth pastor and the pastor wasn't around, right? Or what we talked about. We we're playing church. But listen, I'm not interested in correcting you playing church. I'm interested in you experiencing the power of God in such a real way like I have in my life eventually that I can never deny he's real. I can never, ever, unless I was straight up loony and lost my mind and I was real, it's just a matter of whether I'm interacting with him or not or whether I follow his ways. But even if I was to turn and, and, and with God's help, never. But I was turning and, and, and not pastor and turn away from God and, and go. Even if I was to live a sinful life openly, I still, if I'm in my right mind because of what God's done in my life, I could never truthfully deny him. That he's real. So that's what I pray for all of our age groups, but especially kids, because I know it's easy to be brought up in church and start to believe, I believe what I believe, or at least others plant that idea only because my parents are pushing me to believe that. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants, he wants to get you to a point where, and, and see, God can use that because the enemy tries to get you there to get you to disbelieve, but God can use it to say, you do need to decide for yourself, do you believe? You can't live off your parents' salvation. You can't live off of their experience. So with that introduction, what I'm talking about, I want to talk about intercessory prayer. Because I, I've listened to a few uh, messages, done a little bit of a study before, and I've had a different idea myself about what intercessory prayer is. When, when someone talked about intercessory prayer, I would immediately start to get turned off because I'm not a long, I wasn't a long prayer. And I thought that meant long prayers. And so intercessory to me was, that means I'm going to be on my knees for a long time trying to think of something to say. Right? And, and so I'm like, well, I'll just be a prayer warrior, but not an intercessory prayer warrior. And I'll leave the long stuff for the people with more patience. I didn't even like to fish as a kid because of how long it took to get a fish to bite on your bait <laughs> and figuring all that out. I'm like, the thing's got mine its own. I can't see it's underwater. This is not fun. It's like golf for me. Why chase a little white ball all over this grass, bending over about passing out because your belly's too big? You know, why, why do something? I don't have patience, right? So 
So intercessory prayer, if that's what that means, then I'm not really that interested. But when we understand things, it's just like on Sunday, I've been admitting to you that, you know, I borrowed, I've been borrowing some stuff from Robert Morris, not a typical guy I would borrow parts of messages from, but I, I'm really liking his teaching ability, and I've learned. And, and, and this is the thing. What would complement what we're talking about on Sunday is we're talk, we talked about being able to have a heavenly prayer language in your private time where it's the Holy Spirit helping you to pray things that maybe you can't even get out Pray to God, so it's a language God only understands, right? We talked about that. We talked about the gift of tongues where in a service, if someone uh, speaks out in tongues where everyone, when everyone stops and listens, then there must be an interpreter because the scripture even tells us it does no good for anybody if you don't understand what's being said. So, so, so we've talked about that. What would complement and, and be of spiritual value for us on Wednesday nights when I preach? I can't speak for the other guys that are going to be speaking every other Wednesday night as we've been doing. But intercessory prayer, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 8, and I'll just tell you, we'll look through some scriptures, but if you keep your thumb in Romans chapter 8, that's going to be the, the meat or the, the, the basis of what we talk about tonight. And, and just to scare you normally, at, at 18 font on my iPad here, for me to preach 45 minutes is like 25 pages at 18 font, so I can see it because I got bifocals now. Tonight I have eight pages. So kids, you'll get to go to the back, is what I'm saying. It won't be 45 minutes long. We're going to be shorter here. Okay, Romans chapter 8. Let's go to verse uh, 34 here. Uh, Jesus is interceding. Romans 8, 34. And I'm, I'm reading a New King James Version for, for the purpose of, of talking about some of the translations here. But who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Listen to this, this last part. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Speaking of Jesus, being at the right hand after Jesus died on the cross, was buried, right kids? Remember what Jesus died on the cross and he was buried in the tomb and then how much longer until he came out? Three days, right? Jesus is cooler than a groundhog because he can come out faster. Okay, that was probably wrong. There's a joke about that that I shared in a service before. Anyway, we won't, we won't take time for that. All right. <laughs> who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, Hebrews, now keep your thumb in Romans 8. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives, listen to this, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus Christ always making intercession for us. What is intercession? Intercession is not a prayer. Did I say something funny? A few people, okay, maybe they're not laughing. I saw somebody like this and I thought maybe I said, I gotta be careful because I talk fast and I mispronunciate. All right, mispronunciate. Did I say that right? <laughs> Okay, all right, I'll talk to my wife later about it. All right, Christ is always making intercession for us. Um, so what is intercession? It's not a prayer. You know, in my youth, in my youth, I thought that that was a prayer, intercessory prayer. Even though intercession is not a prayer, you can pray a prayer of intercession because uh, intercession is an action, not a prayer. Like healing, you know, you can pray a prayer of healing, 
But healing is an action, not a prayer. Faith. You can pray a prayer of faith, but faith is... Now, you know, faith without action is dead. Faith without works is dead. But right? But healing is an action. Faith is an action. So intercession is not a prayer, but you can pray a prayer of intercession. Kids, just so I keep you on, on board here, say intercession. Say it three times fast. <laughs> See, I can't do it. Either. I don't know. I know it's hard. Too many S's in there. Okay, intercession, right? And what is intercession? It's an action, not a prayer. Okay, so what, what is intercession? Intercession is the act of bringing two parties together, and I'm going to show you that from Scripture. Intercession is an action of bringing two parties together. All right, um, so it's intercession, and we read from the Scripture that Jesus does with the Heavenly Father right for us. He intercedes. So Jesus is bringing two parties together. God, thank you. I'm kind of warm, and I thought it's just because I'm getting warm. I'm getting heated up up here preaching the word. All right. By the way, while he's doing that, because I, I'm distracted, but that's good. I'm glad he's doing that. I'm. I'm going to tell you. Um, listen, when when we're worshiping, I I didn't. I sometimes stand in the back. Maybe I can't do that anymore. But if I'm up here, I don't turn around really see what everybody's doing because I'm not. I'm more concerned about me entering in. But can I just speak to the introverts a little bit that maybe you're not real vocal? I mean, we have a few. You're just not a big talker. And, and, and maybe you don't get real vocal. But when we were praying for a few people recently to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, one thing I have seen, and, and again, I don't believe in teaching people to speak in tongues like one, two, three, you say, you know, untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda, right? And you say that fast enough. Not, we don't believe that. That's wrong. That's wrong. However, I have yet to ever see someone receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without praying aloud. And not just praying aloud and kind of just, you know, but, but literally to the point that they're just so desperate that they are, I've seen quiet people shouting. Quiet people shouting. Scripture, all through Scripture, you see that when people really praise the Lord, it's vocal. Am I going to have to separate to you two ladies? <laughs> we have some deacons here. You know what we used to do in the yeah, youth? We put a deacon in between you. But since you're two single ladies, that might seem appropriate. So I'll set some kids between you. The kids are not... Oh, now see what I do. That's Nancy too. I, I'm gonna help. It's all right. Y'all talk amongst yourself. We'll be done. All right. So, anyway, where was I? Heat and air, misbehaving, misbehaving. We were praying the rosary. No, I'm I, okay. Okay. People shouting, and I don't want to chase this rabbit too long because I, I promise the kids will get to go back. But listen. Listen, I'm not trying to scare you. Those of you may be introverted and quiet. And I'm not saying you have to do it in service. I'm just saying if you really desire to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're, you're going to have to get to a point where you want so badly to have something change in your life. When you've searched the scriptures, as we, we did Sunday, and you take that, you want it so badly that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and cry out to God. Because it's a verbal thing. The speaking tongues is spoken. It's a spoken heavenly language, and so you can't hold and bottle in. It's just like if you want to go further uh, in being like Christ, you can't hold other things back. I can't keep uh, pornography or, or watching things I know I shouldn't or doing things I shouldn't and expect to get closer to Christ and willingly keep a hold of that without any effort to let go. You've got to make more than an effort to let go. Okay, so, so when we're talking about inter intercession, this is Jesus bringing us together, and we're going to see in a while why we need that, but I'm... I, I'm, Jesus said, 
So Jesus brought us to the Father together. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place. Remember, we've talked about that he sent the 120 to the upper room to wait until the Comforter came, and they're baptized the Acts account. They're baptized the Holy Spirit. But what else did Jesus say? He, he was explaining to them that I'm going away to prepare a place for you so you can dwell with the Father. In, in other words, you cannot dwell with the Father right now because I've got to prepare a place for you. Because we cannot have a relationship with a holy God unless Jesus builds a bridge between us and God. Right? When, when Jesus died on the cross, what happened to the curtain? Kids, what happened to the curtain in the temple when Jesus died on the cross? It tore from bottom to top, right? From top to bottom. And why is that significant? Because it was really tall and they didn't have um, uh, electric lifts back then. So you could obviously say man didn't do it. It was a real heavy curtain. All right? So you cannot have a relationship with the Holy God unless Jesus builds a bridge and do the act of intercession, bringing you and the Father together. In the Old Testament, there is a Hebrew word called pagah. And, and, and that's how, how it's pronounced. But in the, in the Old Testament, 46 times it, it's listed. Only a few times it's actually translated intercessor or intercession. It's, it's translated into English other ways, but only a few times that's the English word that comes out. Most of the time it's translated something else, and, and, that, and those other things that's translated, when we put it all together, helps us understand the meaning of the word. So let me show you a couple of those scriptures with those meanings. Again, hanging on to Romans 8 with your thumb or a finger. Um, Joshua 17.10. It's talking about the borders of the promised land. Joshua 17th chapter, 10th verse. It says southward, it was Ephraim's, and northward, it was Manasseh, and the sea is his border. And listen to this part. And they met together in Asher on the north and in Issachar on the east. Those words, and they met together, they met together. Those words, when they're translated, the Hebrew word is pagah, which means intercession also. They met together. Pagah and intercession, they're interchangeable through, through Hebrew translation. So let me give you an English word that is a good simile that will help you remember the meaning of intercession, and that's intersection. Kids, what's an intersection when you're talking about roads? What's an intersection? Come on, you're going to be driving one day, those of you. Some of you better know this is a test. People are listening. We're not going to let you have keys if you can't get this right because that's where most accidents happen. I'm glad. Two roads intersecting, right? Intersection, right? Intercession, intersection. So two roads being together. So here's what intercession is. And again, we can pray a prayer of intercession, but that's an action, not a prayer. And here's what happens when we pray a prayer of intercession. We're going one way, and through the help of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we, we end up, our way coincides with God's way, and we meet, we, we intersect. So intercession, that'll help you remember that. Joshua 19.11, Joshua the 19th chapter, verse 11. And their border went up toward the sea, and uh, Marala, okay, I'm supposed to say that fast so you don't know I can't pronounce it, and it says, and reach to, and reach to, those two words are also translated from the Hebrew, pagah, and reach to. So reach to, also meaning pagah, also being interchanged with, we've, we've got what? Inter, intercession can mean like intersecting. It's where we are brought together. Two parties are brought together. It also means reaching to. 
And this is what it means to us. God reached to us through Jesus. When we couldn't reach to God, God reached to us through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. This is what the word intercession means. So Jesus built a bridge for us through intercession. So is this starting to come together? If you've been here for all the services, and if how many are people on Facebook? Okay. How, how many saw the, the impromptu video I posted on, on Wednesday nights, about Wednesday nights? And that's why you're here tonight, right? Guilt? No, I'm kidding. But, but I talked about the reason it's important for us. It's not about just church attendance. It's because we come to get built up together, right? And part of that is we all have to be on the same page about what we're learning. And um, so, so is this starting to come together? If you think about the teaching we've been talking about on speaking in tongues through private prayer language, it's being able to communicate to God without interruption to be able to, to intersect with him and be able to come to a holy God. So when we're talking about praying in English, intercession, you know, it's another way that we connect with God through, through Jesus. And we get this in the Old Testament twice when it's translated intercession, when in the translation doesn't have reach to or bringing together, right? It, it's actually intercession. Listen, there's two times where in Isaiah, like in Isaiah 59, 16, it says, and he saw, talking about Jesus, that there was no man. This is talking about Jesus. He's talking about there's, there's no intercessor. It says there's no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness is sustained him. So in Isaiah, it's talking about the fact that Jesus saw that there's no intercessor to the Heavenly Father for us. And he built that bridge. Isaiah 53 is a messianic chapter, which means it's a chapter in the Old Testament that's about the Messiah, uh, which we know is Jesus. In Isaiah 53, 12, it says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many. And listen to this last part and made intercession for the transgressors. That means Jesus, through his work on the cross, made a bridge for the transgressors, the sinners, those of us that, that, that were in sin, all of us, to be able to walk across that bridge, to be cleansed and have right communication with the Holy God. Between God and us, that only Jesus could span that, that gap. So, so what that means is when we have intercessory prayer, that means there's a chasm. There's a divide. Chasm means divide. Think about the Grand Canyon. Kids, have you seen any pictures of the Grand Canyon? How big that is? You know what a canyon is? It's not a, it's not a type of crayon. It's a canyon. It's a, it's a big divide. Like if I was standing on a ridge, like on the edge of a mountain, and there's a big, deep area that I'd have to cross to get to flat ground again. So there's this chasm, there's this great divide between us and, and a holy God and Jesus. It's like Jesus is a bridge that we can walk across safely to God. And so when we make intercession an action, we are praying to pray in line with what Jesus would want us to pray to God. We're wanting to pray in accordance to God's will. Give me this, our day, this day my daily bread and forgive me my transgressions, right? It's, it's something that we know is already in will God. And so listen, tonight what we're going to do, I'm getting ready to dismiss the teachers and the kids, but I want you to have that information because what I want us to do is have a time of intercession. And for those of you that maybe this is a new topic or you're somewhat confused at this point, let me say this. 
there are certain things you could pray tonight that would maybe be selfish, right? There are certain things, and, and it doesn't mean it, it has to be about somebody else. It can be about you, but, but things that you know God would want you to pray. And I'll give you an example of my own life. I, I'm getting so narrow-minded sometimes when I'm trying to get this. I, I'm looking at i got to get this project done. I, I'm tired. I can't, I can't stand the thought if this building took another year to build. You know, I, I've gotta, we've got to get this done. And I get so narrow-focused that, that I'm having to fight every day the enemy to keep my attitude right before the Lord and to make sure that, every, you know, that I am in check. Remember, not that I'm a pastor, but I'm a Christian, right? And, and not get, so, so when I pray right now, I could pray inter, in an intercessory prayer, Lord, help my spirit and my attitude align with what you have created me to be. And I could pray that simple thing over and over again. And it's not that God's deaf. He didn't hear me. He didn't remember that. I just prayed it a second ago. It's that I'm going to intercede. I am going to let Jesus I'm going to let, let Jesus build that bridge to holy God and say, I, and scripture talks about too that our prayers don't go unanswered. They're like incense building up before the throne, right? That they just keep. So, so God is already at work. We know we've talked about that, that you pray it. It's not that he's waiting till you just decide that you prayed it enough. He's already at work, but he honors our dedication to continue to pray and believe for those things that touch God's heart. I, I could pray for kids that are, that if I'm praying for kids, I know that their families break apart and they're the pawn in the situation. Then I know that touches God's heart. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is theirs, he says. Have faith like a child. I know the importance that children have. There are certain things that may trouble your heart. And when you listen, now what I want us to do tonight, and now it's getting cold. Um, what I want us to do tonight, <laughs> I rarely get cold preaching, but I'm getting cold. Uh, what I want us to do tonight is I want us to have a quiet time. And I want you to first listen. What am I listening for? Well, God's never talked to me in an audible voice, but he has put uh, what I call still small voice, a prompting in my heart. I want you to listen for what he would have you pray. And if after a while you're like, Pastor, I'm not, you're thinking, ah, Pastor, I don't even know what he's telling me to pray. Then I want you to pray the things you know that, that from whatever amount of God's word you know that, that would align with his. You're going to pray for those that maybe you know that are uh, uh, in poor spirit or poor financially or or struggling with health or whatever but i want you to pray and intercede and i want you to to let jesus build that gap tonight okay teachers if i could have you just quietly not you quietly the kids but you go back those teachers are so rowdy um and so um we're not on a timeline these altars stay open and listen the church would stay open if you want to be here all night okay there's not going to be a timeline i'm going to tell you we normally dismiss at eight and I want to give everybody the freedom to go when you feel like the Lord has released you. But I want us to just spend the rest of the time. I really don't even want to come up and do a formal dismissal is why I'm telling you this. Just, you know, if you need to be out here a certain time, I know the Lord has got your schedule under control and, and, and do what you need to do. Please don't visit in here because I really don't want to distract anybody that's praying. Um, you can go outside. If we keep those doors closed, you can go out in the foyer and you can visit. And it's not distracting you if you get a little loud there. It's okay. Let's, let's find a place or right where you're at. Uh, for me, I have to get in a position of submission to, to get my, my mind right. And my knees hurt too and my back hurts. So listen, some of you may need to just kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone. Come and, and, and intercede. And we're going to practice, if I can say it that way. I don't want to make it weird, but we're going to practice interceding before the Lord tonight. Okay? 
Amen. We'll spend that time together.